Hello. To the Anarchy Podcast. This is another episode of Tea with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Today we have myself, Jermaine G, and my wonderful amazing co-host, Mark Wilson. Hey, how, how you doing? doing? How are you doing, wonderful, wonderful pod man? <laughs> oh, it, it, it's been an interesting week. Uh, <laughs> coming out around the whole vein in everybody's neck. You're cracking up a little bit from where I am. Yeah, the, more so the response from government. Um, now, Mark, you wanted to uh, touch on uh, a an article that you sent me, and I, I sent you quite a, a visceral response. Yeah. <laughs> you did. Um, I, I'm I'm increasingly disturbed by the lack of leadership around Europe um, and the confusion around Europe around the virus. When we look around the world, we can see the countries where people have listened to what the government's asked, followed World Health Organization guidelines, and effectively they almost have no virus in their countries. And then we look around Europe, the massive confusion that we see. We see Boris Johnson suggesting that nearly everybody in the country will be vaccinated by May, that it will be safe to go to events in April. And yet across the river in Europe, They've blocked one of the vaccines that we're using in the UK. They're sitting on it rather than distributing it to its population because they're saying it's not safe, it causes blood clots. Um, in France and other other countries, they're, they're going into a third lockdown. Europe is dragging its feet. It lacks leadership and direction. And it refuses to follow the World Health Organization's strategy for dealing with viruses of which they've dealt with many up to now. This is the first for Europe, but it's not the first around the world. On a national level, we see Priti Patel refusing to take any responsibility for the attack on women peacefully having a vigil in South London for, for the murder of a, of a woman by an off-duty police officer. I think she, it's important she, to note that they were holding a vigil and not a protest. Right, exactly. But even still, it was peaceful. That was the point. There, there was no violence involved until the police got involved. You know, if the police hadn't been there, it would be a peaceful thing that people would have just gone home. But for some reason, as night fell, they decided to attack the demonstration. And subsequently, Ms. Patel has said it was wrong for them to do that. And then she has said today that it was wrong for them to let people go there in the first place. It was, it was wrong for let them go there in the first place. Now, my problem with it is this. She's the Home Secretary. It goes on her orders. It's got nothing to do with the leadership of the police. You know, the police follow what the government tells them to do. If the, if yeah. the government said no police attend, they wouldn't have attended. So she's like getting herself off the hook with a transparent action of, le of no leadership. No leadership and at all. Do you think that there's perhaps a little bit of um taking place simply because I know Cressida Dick has kind of been in the news so it's kind of drawn attention to her as the figurehead of the police so 
pretty good towels. I think, almost I think, slightly, I think, I think maybe. I don't know. I think Miss Dick is used, being used as, as the fool guy, as the scapegoat of this. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I think she's the head of the police, but the police can't act without government authority. You know, there are a number of things that have gone on in this country where the police have done nothing on the instruction of the government. And there's a number of things where they're incredibly heavy-handed on the instruction of the government. government. Yeah. This isn't yeah. about the head of the police. It's the head of the government. It's the leadership of the government. Yeah. And then we see this week, I remember what the thing that made me very upset was the 1% offer to carers who work overnight in, who get less than £8 an hour That's, in old age, yeah. looking after old age people who have, who, who were during the, the war years, who have fought in the war or who survived the Blitz. These people are being cared for by people who are not getting anywhere near appropriate wages. And the offer to them to ignore them is downright disgusting. Now, these are the people that are leading our country. You know, there's a misconception, and I need to get this straight. Across Europe, and particularly across Britain, there's a misconception about this uh, having the wartime spirit like in the Second World War. In the yeah. Second World War, people pulled together. There was a national unity. What we've got is fragment. We haven't even got a, a government of unity, you know, like a government that sits with Scotland Wales, with the Labour Party, with the Liberal Democrats, and creates a, a, a national approach to this. Mm. What we've got is a party that does anything to stay in power. And if it, if it said to you, listen, everyone can have a free beer if you vote us in the next election, that would be their policy. But it's got nothing to do with instructing the nation to have a positive front. You know, one can't help but remember the images of Boris Johnson clapping the nurses, clapping like he's a member of the public, not that he's the prime minister of the country. He should be standing down the street, arm in arm with the leaders of the nursing unions, offering them the biggest pay rise they can get. That would instruct national unity. What we've got instead is embarrassing, an embarrassing lack of leadership. and. You know, I was very much of the, of the way of thinking it was just in Britain, but when I look around Europe, at the lack of direction in this virus, it's, it's horrendous. And, and to me, it's slightly racist. I've got to say, I've got to say this, it's, I've been struggling with it for a long time. It's racist because it's refusing to accept how Asian countries who have had viruses before know how to deal with it. You get all the common stereotypes about the population's different and the government are used to people obeying them. No, that's not it. They've practiced because they've been through viruses before. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Like, funny. If you had severe headaches, you'd go and talk to people that have had headaches before. You wouldn't assume you just do your own thing on it or try and chew uh -huh. daffodil leaves or something. No, that's not how it works. You talk to people that have been through the process before. I guarantee if it was the other way around, people would be talking to you about how to, how to get through this virus. The fact that it's Asia and even New Zealand that is not what we're seeing from the leaders of European nations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's like a, I guess it's that. I mean, to be fair, even I guess would New Zealand be seen as a country that would be part of like the global north? <laughs> but so but like, I think they they learned the lessons from being closer to Asia. To be honest with you, mm. and I think Australia has been a balance a balancing trick between yeah. New Zealand and the Europe. It kind of tries to copy, but the best of both. Yeah, or the worst yeah. of those in some cases. I can see that. So, 
But the point I'm trying to make is that if you people have been through this before, or they have a record of, of being very successful against the virus, wouldn't you turn to them? Absolutely. Isn't that a natural thing? Yeah. My initial thoughts would have been for Europe and America and all these other countries that don't like, we've never experienced it. This, this has not been something I've experienced in my lifetime. I remember Ebola and bird flu yeah, and yeah. mad cow disease or, or whatever it was called. But, you know, that, that, that was, that's not, it's not a virus that led to no. the, the, you know, the country, country, the island shutting down, the world shutting down. Um, yeah, but, but the thing is, if you've had Ebola and if you've had bird flu and all sorts of things that they've had in the countries you mentioned, they at least yeah. have experience about what to do if you have these things. Absolutely. Like, for example, the population know, don't mix in public, wear a face mask, put on hand sanitizer. Uh, mm-hmm. regularly monitor if people have it or not, have protective clothing. You know, none of this is being followed. Mm-hmm. And, and what you get is semi-lockdowns. I don't, we've had two, three lockdowns in this country and we've yet to actually lock down properly. You know, we've let, you know, I could come in from Holland and travel the length and breadth of this country and no one would stop me. Oh, yeah. That's the bottom line. So, Where is that? So, Okay, we've got hotels now, but apparently people are going out for cigarette breaks and things in the hotel break, in the hotels and stuff. And, and, and what and the thing is, is because the government refused to take responsibility, Correct. people are left to their own devices. Correct. Because if the government say, okay, you know what, we need to sort this out, let's really get a grip of this, it means they have to fork out some money. And, and I suppose the other question I'd ask you is this, Jermaine. Looking across the European continent, who would you say the best government is in tackling this? Because they're not acting as a unity, as like as, as a European common goal. There's no U- European market that's dealing with it all in the same way. It's like deal with it in your own country. It's a yeah. worldwide virus. It's not a national virus. It's only national because yeah. you're locking your boards down. But actually, anyone who comes into your country from anywhere else, it's an international virus. Mm-hmm. So... We have to solve it in the world, not just in wherever you live. You live in, in the Isle of Wight, you've still got to solve it everywhere else. Because when people come to your, your little island, they're still going to bring it. Yeah. So I'm asking, where is the leadership? Where is the direction? The, the EU seems... Well, I think Brexit has kind of... No, it's not even Brexit, that, to be honest. That's but, excuse, I, I think because, Britain because, was always going to do what it was going to do. Yeah, Before, exactly. Even within Brexit, there's not a common... If you just took Europe, said forget England, even there, there's not a common goal to it. Yeah, yeah, this, this, yeah I was, I was going to lead on to that because... France, Italy and Germany, the biggest nations, be so different in the way that they're, they're having the virus and responding to the virus. Mm. If it's a common union. And that's not to mention the countries that are poorer and have to rely on the consensus of the, of the larger nations in Europe. Mm-hmm. I just want one example of decent leadership that's not in Asia or Austro-Asia. You know, if I look to the United States and Europe, I'm struggling to find proper leadership around this virus. Mm. You know, at least Unified leadership. leadership. A worldwide leadership. I mean, America and, and, is, is probably... America and Europe, I would say, probably really good examples. America, you've got loads of different states operating on their own... Yeah, exactly. On, on, on devi- off their own devices, and then you've got yeah. Europe kind of just falling apart. Um, Africa. 
Well, Africa's on the whole, I mean, except for the president of Tanzania, on the whole, they've turned to have done quite well with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but what I'm saying to you is, these are meant to be the countries that, in theory, bring democracy and advancement of intelligence. You're not seeing any of that, any of it at all. The first sign of a crisis, everyone's collapsing. No leadership, no direction. And this is a year on. We're celebrating, celebrating. We're acknowledging a year of the virus now. Yeah. This is crazy. It doesn't seem any clearer now than it did a year ago, to be honest with you. I mean, there's a few things in place like vaccines, but but we're still, if, 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 the, if it mutates to different strands, we don't even know how good the vaccines will be. Yeah. And that's a problem. And that's a huge problem. But we're not learning. Look, there's an expression. Either learn from history or repeat it. And I, I put to you, Jermaine, which one do you think we're doing at the moment? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so there's your problem. And the people that are spousing across the world this wartime attitude to... You know, we're in it together, you know, battle down our hatchets. Let's come on, let's we'll fight them on the You're not. You're not doing any unity at all. You're not acting in a unified form or state or anything. You're just you're just not responding to it like that at all. That's and the bottom line. I rem- I even remember some comments from Boris um talking about the public saying that the British people are not um not the most I can't even remember the, the phrase that he used, but not the most uh, easily coerced or... Yeah, this is well. They, they don't right. like to follow orders, kind of thing. Right, um, okay. If that's all true, it does is just say, okay, well, I'm not responsible for you. Yeah, and also this idea... the tone. But there's this idea that people people's freedom is more important than unified yeah. action against them. That's nonsense. But okay, let's just take this for a minute. Let's just accept that what you're saying is true. Mm-hmm. So the, our government's talking about issuing vaccine passports if you want to attend the European Football Championships. So that means people that categorically didn't want to have it are all going to line up and have it. So what happened to that not not being a conformist, not not having that unified response? Suddenly, right. if it hits their selfish button, they're all going to go and do it. Right. And this reminds me of um, something that you mentioned about the lifting of apartheid correct you know the vote to the vote to end apartheid started with wd clerk saying that he was going to have a referendum and if people agreed with him apartheid would mandela would be released and they would have proper democracy in south africa for the first time in almost its history well certainly before the colonialists came But on the on the referendum, which was only for white voters, you know, like, like what less than a tenth of the population were only the ones allowed to vote, he was in serious danger of losing it. And it's only because South Africa was in a world, a one-day world cricket World Cup, and he threatened to bring the team back that he won the vote. That swung the vote enormously amongst the white population. So suddenly a population was categorically against ending apartheid on, on the strength of staying in the sporting arena agreed with their president. And that's what we're seeing here. You know, these are people that wouldn't even wear masks when they were protecting statues are suddenly all going to get vaccinated. And this is a clever trick by our government. Mm-hmm. 
but it just feels a myth. There's a part of me that kind of saw this coming because they started talking about yeah. uh, vaccine passports for festivals. Like people want to go out. This, this is, no, but they are. This is now still talking about that. You know, you know, along with that, along with that, it'd be for festivals as well. So you're right to say that. But also, I yeah. pointed it out to you a long time ago. But our government wasn't sure how to respond to this idea of having passports for vaccinations. But they, they, uh, typical of the way that they behave is that they say, well, Europe's going to do it, so we might as well. Suddenly, they're in a uniformity with Europe. But all along, nothing has been... <laughs> well, not even that. What about everything else around the virus? <laughs> well, I don't think we've agreed on anything. <laughs> Suddenly, we're all in agreement. Suddenly, we've got to do it for the, for the benefit of greater Europe. <laughs> so when did that happen? When did you suddenly become that? Now we're in allegiance, right? <laughs> exactly, 100%. Now, I'm sorry, we've been let down even by... Like, people will say things about Churchill and the government during the war, and fair enough, there were a lot of things that were wrong. But the unity they had around the war years was important. It won the war for Great Britain, for the for the free Europe. It won the war for it. Germany was unstoppable until it had been stopped in Russia, until the Battle of Britain with the planes trying to get into England. But that only could happen with a unified spirit. That is not what they're conjuring now. Mm-hmm. What they're conjuring now is a spirit based on profit and, and making money. Business must carry on. So the way they're going to get people involved is for the sake of their industry and their business. That's not how this happened in the war. The very poorest were looked after in the Second World War. They weren't left in homes on their own by workers that aren't even going to get a decent income. Yeah. Or by nurses that couldn't get a 1% increase when politicians were getting way more than that. And they already earned four times that in the first place. Where is the decency and where is the leadership? That's what I'm asking. So I wanted to do this pod with you this morning because I thought we've hit a point now where a year on, we need to be looking at this and saying, you know what? We need leadership and we need we need a, a unified front to deal with this. Otherwise, we, we'll be here for two or three more years. And every time we stop and we do three months of business and then we shut down again, who do you think that's hurting? It's, it's ridiculous. And, I, and I'll tell and you what, people... as well, um, myself and Susanna Austin, who was on, featured on our Love in a Time of Cholera um, episode of Valentine's Day special, or any serious anarchy listeners that may be listening to this podcast, Check out that episode. Yeah, Love absolutely. Cholera. Um, Susanna we've, Austin, we've amazing. And today we're going to be covering okay. um, COVID and the impact that it's had on businesses and all of the discrimination and disparity between race and, and groups of people, um, classes of people, if you if you kind of want to use that term, um, and how it's impacted people differently. Yeah. It, it's going to be quite insightful. So, yeah. I- I mean, I think we, you and I have covered this a number of times and we still haven't got to the bottom of why governments are ignoring any unified fronts and any, any collective responsibility to how to deal with this. Yeah. So we're going to face possibly a, a longer term of having these, these viruses because we refuse to act in a uniform way that we would if Mars was attacking us. Yeah suddenly the whole planet would act together we can't see it like that we still see it in national borders and profit making issues if you took money out of this and you took borders out of it how would we deal with it then i want to throw that open to to our to our, our listeners i'd really love to welcome responses about how we would deal with it if we didn't have national borders and we had no money 
I guarantee you it wouldn't be the same way we're dealing with it now. It'd be wonderful to hear from some epidemiologists, from people in finance, from people who deal with, I don't know, borders, all of that. Like, it it really takes a concerted effort. It's all <clears throat> wonderfully centralised through government. It seems to be the, the weak link in the chain. Yeah, um, I mean, it also, it would be lovely to hear from people from all different places in the world. Yeah. To see their perspective oh, about how it how they're looking at it from their from their from how the moon shines on them i would love to hear from people in jamaica and chile from our listeners in jamaica and chile yeah, yeah, from yeah. spain from germany um Brazil. From, ooh, tanzania it would be interesting yeah. to hear how they have kind of because they've basically kind of ignored it and just been living china and vietnam and what china yeah. vietnam the countries that have dealt with it mm, mm. Or um, not. Maybe we'll hear some other truths from their countries that they haven't dealt with. I don't know. Yeah, you never know. You never know. I mean, it would be interesting to <laughs> to hear the insider story. Yes, then exactly. Compare exactly. that to, to what you might call the propaganda that we've been told about how they've managed it. Like, oh, that'd be interesting. Exactly. Ooh. Now, um, we're going to sign off now, Jermaine, because you have to do your, yes. your, your live... In I about do. 10 minutes. I want to thank you for this. It's been a lovely chat. I want to thank the population thank you, for listening because we've had we've had to have this conversation today, unfortunately. Because still we're still we're in the position we were almost a year ago. And um I want to thank people for staying with Curious Anarchy. It's the only way we're going to change things is by talking to each other and communicating, not by listening to edicts by governments that don't have our interests at heart. So thank you for being curious and thank you for being anarchic. <laughs> thank you this is the Curious Anarchy podcast Tea with Dr Martin Luther King Jr series I'm not quite sure what we're going to subtitle this one however no we haven't got one for this it, yet it, it'll come it'll come but thank you for listening if you want to hit us up please do that on at underscore Curious Anarchy at underscore Curious Anarchy that's for Instagram and Twitter and also check out um, T-L-W-T-A at T-L-W-T-A that's The Long Walk for Freedom that's the new series the new uh, social media handle that um, I've created for anybody who's interested in supporting us, has any ideas um, is willing to offer some help on our walk across Africa supporting the NHS and various charities and organisations along the way yeah. So have a great day, listeners. Have a great day. Yes, uh, we're actually recording this on the 20th of March. Time now is 11.45. Oh, yeah. um, but this episode will be coming out probably in a couple of weeks' time. So uh, <laughs> happy happy uh, new month. <laughs> happy April. Um, yeah, wonderful. Thank you, Mark. Really appreciate it. Thanks for your time. <laughs>